So anyway, that's why they call me Beef. Just simply Beef. Simply Beef. Actually, that's even better. I think I'm going to go back to the council and tell them, right, you've called me Beef. I'd prefer to be known as Simply Beef. See, there, there are so many variations you could ask for, like the Beefy Boy. That's a, that's a pretty good one. The Beefy Boy is always good. Um, beef Bro. The, the Beefsman General. Mm. Um, I've got a beef with you. Justin Beefer. Oh. Cap- <laughs> Captain Beefheart II. Uh, I'm I'm looking for an escape from this joke, and I'm like, beef on its own could be a gear, uh, nickname of a Gears of War grunt. That that just really screams Gears of War character. There, there, mm. there we go. Thank you, Gavin. That was an escape because it took us slightly away from just naming beef. For the friends. giant worm just ate beef. <laughs> no. <laughs> Scratch one beef. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay, hey, we mentioned video games in the first beef. minute. <laughs> we mentioned video games not nearly as much as we mentioned beef, but we did mention them. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Um, welcome once again to the Podquisition. I'm your host, Jim Sterling. Um, I've actually just flown in from another podcast, and boy, is my arms whatever. I'm joined, as always, by Laura Kate Dale. Hello. I, hello. I see. I was gonna give you this nice, cordial uh, hello, but then I saw that you know the lipstick on your collar from that other podcast you've been seeing, and now I just, <gasps> I just feel, I feel used. You, look, we all, we all know, we knew that you did other podcasts, but I thought you'd have the decency to at least wipe it off your collar and and just pretend oh, yeah, for I, the sake of our relationship that that you that you didn't. I, I thought I wanted to believe I was the only one. This infidelity. I mean. I I certainly and Laura definitely would never do another podcast. Definitely not. Never. You don't understand. Yeah. Okay. All right. I admit it. I've been seeing other podcasters. Okay. But you don't understand, like the need a man has for something different. See, here's here's the thing: is if you just talked to us, we'd have been open to an open podcasting relationship. But but it's important that you communicate, that you tell us in advance, like, hey, I want to go do this other podcast, and we'll be like, yeah, sure, speak, go fulfill your other yourself. needs. But speak for yourself, I ain't no cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us about the podcast you're on, Jim. What podcast did you? I I realize that people have come to listen to this podcast, and we're going to start it by being like, there's another one. Tell us about that one, Jim. <laughs> um, oh no, I was just uh, uh, on Simon Miller's uh, podcast. Simon Miller's uh, what, uh, on what culture? Previously, VideoGamer.com. Um, great guy. Uh, does some really good Simon videos. Miller, does the great Miller guy. Report? Really great guy. I like yeah. Simon. He's a cool dude. Yes. Was was that genuine or sarcastic? Oh no, it's genuine. I love. Simon. Oh okay. I, I, I didn't know Twitter if you were and, making uh, fun of me bigging him up. <laughs> no, no, I was making, uh, I was just impersonating him. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does have Obviously style, very uh... badly. <laughs> <laughs> I got that you were going for a Simon Miller impression. It wasn't lost on me, Gab. Yeah, no, I like I'm Simon, Simon a... Miller and you're a big bunch of numpties. Exactly. <laughs> He's a big metalhead like me and we, uh. We've bonded over that a couple of times. On yeah, he's a good guy. He's uh, training to get into the wrestling gig himself. Um, mm. So we t- we talked about our respective 
wrestling journeys, as it were. Talks about the Royal Rumble. Of the two of you, I, I, you know, I'm pretty confident that you are the more naturally suited to wrestling. I'm the more naturally suited to maybe promos. (laughs) (laughs) Wrestling? No, Simon Miller has me completely beat there. Um, But... I I don't know if I mentioned this on this podcast yet, but I I did get an offer to to start training. Uh, obviously, my back's still fucked, uh, but it's given me that extra sort of push to continue with the weight loss that I've been on, uh, get my cardio up, and get this back properly fixed, uh, rather than dick around with the doctors around here who just want to manage the pain. I I want this fixed. Um, God, my voice is going. I've been talking since. But Jim, six. if they fix you, how are they going to feed the pharmaceutical industry by getting you addicted to painkillers? That's true. That's not That's making true. America great again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Some at the very least, you are. I know I'm terrible. I should I should go back to England and be a terrible patriot there as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Where were, what were we talking about? Uh, you being Simon trained Miller up to do wrestling. actual wrestling. Uh, yeah, I'm strongly considering taking that offer, even if I can't take bumps yet. Um, learning the basics of what they call, you know, in-ring psychology and <laughs> learning some grapples. Don't yeah. laugh because I said in-ring psychology. I'm just, I'm massive just picturing infant. you getting into the ring and asking the wrestler... Are you are you sure you you want to wrestle and you wouldn't rather talk about about the thing that's making you angry? Like maybe you should you should deal with those feelings rather than expressing them with I'm, a pile driver. I'm I'm thinking about Jim just you know talking about psychology while in a ring. Anyway, the point is. <laughs> the point is, I'm excited about my little side gig and. Uh, if you want to hear me talk about my thoughts on the Royal Rumble and Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, pot over a whole bunch of wrestlers who I think are really worth watching in the indie scene, go check that out. In fact, I'll say it right here as well. Do not fucking sleep. If you're into wrestling, and um, indie wrestling especially, do not sleep on Ray Fury. Do not sleep on O'Shea Edwards. Do not sleep on anyone in the left-hand path. Uh, I'm talking about Zombie Dragon, who I've mentioned before. I'm talking about the Nightmare Jeremiah. I'm talking about Eric the Ghost Silver. I'm talking about Matthias Darkthorn. There's a fucking name. And I'm talking about the wretched Trevor Rayon. I I need to get back into watching some wrestling, because for a while last year, I was really enjoying watching NXT. I want to watch some more more wrestling with Asuka. I really like Asuka. Asuka, yeah, she she is. Uh, well, I won't spoil things that happened recently, but uh, I'm, I'm Asuka gonna, is. I'm gonna catch up on her matches soon. Check out the the Royal Rumble if you can that, that aired this past Sunday. It it was a few undermining shitty things aside. Uh, they had two Royal Rumble matches, one for the men, one for the women, and both were off the charts uh, and a delight to watch. And NXT right now. The Velveteen Dream is fast becoming one of my favourite wrestlers I've ever seen. And he is as camp and gay as 
you could possibly imagine. And to my delight, he is so over with the crowd. Like, that, it warmed my heart to see a character who has so many, like, gay overtones having his name chanted in earnest in a Texas arena. That is... That is he's, he's that damn good. That is really nice to hear. Hooray. The Velveteen Dream is... I mean, I just love saying his name as much <laughs> as anything else. He's the Velveteen Dream, and you will say his name. Uh, he's, if, he's fantastic. If that was not already a name for a wrestler, I think you would make a very good Velveteen Dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, dear. But anyway, that's wrestling. By the way, byesy byes, um, it's been confirmed. Um, we sort of pitched it at the last minute because I wasn't due to appear again until Jackson. But if you can get to Byron, Mississippi... Uh, Byron Baptist Church in Mississippi. Uh, yeah, it's in a church. It's Mississippi. Uh, Byron Baptist Church. If you can get there on February the 10th, Saturday, Feb 10th, Stardust Returns, Phase 2 of the Stardust Continues, the $10,000 match is on the line. <gasps> Believe it. It's happening. It can't be changed because it's scribbled. In the stars. <laughs> so with with wrestling out of the way, should we talk about yes. some video games? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could talk about TV shows for 30, 40 minutes, but if you want to crack on with video games, let's I, go. I'll be the video game police. Let's do <laughs> video games. You can blame me, everyone. Uh, so who's played a thing this week that they want to start off with? I've 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 talked enough for right now, so one of you two, please let's, take the floor. Let's, let's throw it to Nora, Gav. We both played. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've both played the same thing this week, didn't we? We did indeed, and I played a little bit more of another thing, which I can quickly mention. Afterwards. Okay. Where Where do you want to start? We'll We'll throw the ball into your court to start this off. Um. Gav ball. Yeah. Well, we both played Monster Hunter, didn't we? And Laura, yeah. I believe you have more experience with this series, do you? You've played it yeah. before? Yeah, so, like, a little bit of background. I first tried to play a Monster Hunter game probably about a decade ago, and I really didn't, like, get into it very much. Um, I ended up coming back to the series after, um, after playing Dark Souls, and I found that that helped a lot with the sort of momentum and pacing of how to play a Monster Hunter game. I put a lot of hours into the last couple of 3DS games. Uh, so, like, I've played a lot of Monster Hunter in the last couple of entries, and I I sort of know what I'm doing with it a little bit. But if I'm right, this is your first time really digging into one, Gav? Yeah, it's my first one. And as a newbie, boy, oh boy, are these games a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, this this was part of what put me off the first time I got into them, is, like... Me and Jim talked a few weeks back about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, where, sure, there was a lot to learn about its systems, but it did stretch it out over hours. It was, it told you about how every system worked and didn't do it all at once. Yeah. This kind of has the opposite problem. It has just yeah. as many systems, but it tries but to it just, just throw them at you. them all yeah. on you at once. Yeah, yeah, it is just kind of, here is all the systems, Go. Yeah, uh, and I had to look up, like, 
tips and tricks videos. Well, not tips and tricks, but like beginner's guide videos to kind of know how to play the game. <laughs> yeah. I probably could have worked it out by myself over time, but I just don't have that kind of time. It's It, it um, feels a lot like the way I felt going into Dark Souls 1 without having like seen much of other people playing Dark Souls in that yeah. there were a lot of systems that just aren't terribly well explained that I think the expectation in both games is that you'll go out die, try again, and you'll just sort yeah. of pick things up as you go, which can be a bit daunting if you're new to the series. I feel like at least with Dark Souls, the minute-to-minute uh, gameplay is a lot simpler when it comes to all the the extra systems, like like the gear and the armor and the, the kitty cats. And, and yeah. <laughs> it's very overwhelming. Um, I've been told, though, to stick with it and that it becomes very, very rewarding when you actually get into it. Once, so I'm going to... I, I keep trying. Yeah, I think once you get on top of those systems, you, I I suspect that you will really enjoy it in a similar way mm. to how you enjoy Dark Souls. But I, um, I can't tell though if I'm just really bad or if the combat is really clunky, uh, or if it's a little bit of both. I I don't want to say that it's because you're bad. I think that there is the same as with a, a again. I keep going to the Dark Souls comparison, but. As with something like Dark Souls, there is a very specific pacing to the combat. And yeah. if you go in and try and play it not at the pace that the game wants to be played, it will punish you for it. And you have yeah. to get into a sense of like, oh, that's the sort of rhythm I should be going for. Which can yeah, take a little bit enough. of time. I think it will take a little bit of time. Even something as... Um, even as something as different that I'm not used to in that you have to aim where your attack is going in this game even yes. if you're locked on that's something i'm really not used to and i kept my first five minutes of combat in the game i was roaring at the screen because like why are you swinging behind you to the right and then i realized it was because that's the way i was pushing the the left stick i think it is aims where yeah. you're gonna hit even if you're moving one direction and you you turn during your hit he's gonna oh it's it takes a lot of getting used to but uh, it's a nice, colourful, vibrant world, and the creatures are cool, the monsters are huge, and the the hub area is absolutely beautiful, and it's it's got a lovely atmosphere, and the music's good, yeah. so I'll, I'll definitely keep trying. The 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 handler can fuck off, though. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. I've never, I, not since Navi has there been such an annoying character. Uh, if, if it helps, once you get a few missions in, they do start to shut up. Yeah. They they Over won't be here. they won't Come be on. they won't be look they won't Over be here. <laughs> they won't Come be that on. bad forever but I I See, agree with you in the early game. May I may I interject yeah. in the Monster Hunter yeah. discussion? Um I too I didn't note it down in the the list before we started. Um but I did I do have Monster Hunter World and hmm. I did play it a bit. And I I I don't get it. I I want to I've tried several Monster Hunter games over for, for over a decade. I keep trying them here and there. Yeah. And even though I love several games that copy Monster Hunter's structure, mm. um, there are a couple uh, PS Vita games. Uh, I, I think one was called maybe Soul Sacrifice. Yep, Soul like Sacrifice that. was a very that similar one. Had a very Monster Hunter vibe, and I love that. And I love several games that have taken the Monster Hunter structure and basically just copied it. 
But mm. Monster Hunter itself, I want to love it and I can't like it. I, I, and I think it's the combat. Something about the combat feels so imprecise and... and mm. I, I don't know like if I'm doing well. something yeah. wrong. Like, I keep yeah. missing I, with my swings. I, the lock-on is bit, ineffective. It feels a bit floaty overall, doesn't it? it, it kind of I, I, controls. Think, I think, honestly, the big problem I had the first time I tried to get into, into Monster Hunter and it just didn't click for me was that there are a lot of nitty-gritty things to the combat that aren't explained up front that if you're not doing them, because obviously the game hasn't told you can make the combat just feel like it isn't right because yeah. you're not quite doing it the way the game wants you to. Uh, and <clears throat> that is a barrier that like, it's undeniably a barrier to people getting into this series. Um, like the vague plan that me and Gav have is that we are probably going to play some co-op at some time this week of the early game. And hopefully I can go through with Gav and just be like, Hey, so you know, this we'll go through a fight, like, does. do this, be focusing on this, and hopefully talk him through it in a slightly better way than the game does. And yeah. fingers crossed that'll, you know, make it click a bit better, but... It it, it um it, it felt to me, and I think it's maybe not really the game's fault, this, but having just come out of Divinity 2 and Warframe, and I'm not finished with those games yet, and opening a third game now, that feels like you need an encyclopedia to learn it as well. Because Warframe and Divinity are just, they have so much information you have to learn, <laughs> you know? And it feels like half game, half the games I pick up nowadays, it's almost like learning an encyclopedia yeah. when you pick it up. And it actually, do you know, it made me want to just go and fucking play Call of Duty. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I've gotten to a point recently where I... If I've decided, like, this is the big game that I want to get through, I don't want to touch any other big yeah. games while I'm doing it if I can help it, because yeah. I know I won't enjoy them. Which is why, like, after coming out of doing Xenoblade 2, I've just given myself a while to do to play a bunch of small games, because I'm like, right, that was good, but I just need some bite-sized things for a bit. Yeah, because 2017 was chock-full of life-eaters. Yeah. So yeah, as as someone that's played like a few of these in the series before, there's there's a couple of like changes they've made that I can definitely see why this is the one that's getting people's attention. Um they have slightly paced up the combat a little bit. They've slightly uh, they've made it so that you can do more of your actions while on the move rather than having to stop in one place to do them that sort of keeps the momentum of the 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 fight I guess going. There's a lot of small quality of life things that are very nice to see, but generally it's... This is just a really nice looking Monster Hunter game, and I'm really glad to have another one of those. Um, it's such a fun looking, charming game, full of things that I should love. <laughs> and it genuinely upsets me that I don't like Monster Hunter. Like, I'm not bagging on the game, I'm not trying to insult the game, because I... I should love it, and yeah. I know it's good. Like, I literally know it's good. I, it's apparently just not for me. I've still yeah. got it installed, and I might still go back. Like, maybe I've just got to find the right weapon. Join us tomorrow I've got to find afternoon. something to click. Yeah, if you're around tomorrow, we'll all go through it, and we'll just, we'll just play a couple of hours together and hopefully I presume work it it's out. ten times easier to take down the monsters in co-op. It, it definitely, like... 
can be a lot easier, and I find it more enjoyable to do in a group. Like, the game's still fun solo, but, like, I'm really enjoying playing it, like, just single player. Do uh, they sorry, multiplayer. the enemy damage and stuff when you're yeah. in a group? Or? Yes. That much I know, because I played... I didn't play much because I was like, okay, I, I see where this is going. I'm not going to be able to do a, a good gym impressions because I will not be good or informed enough. So I just, I, I went crawling back to Warframe. Mm. But I did play an online game and when players joined, you get a message that says, you know, something like, you know, the, the world's got more dangerous to account for more players. Yeah. It's a message along those lines. What? So, yeah, the more players, they, the tougher it is. They, but... they bump up the overall numbers, but it's still a little bit easier just by the virtue of... Of you've, course, yeah. You've got more people, which means that you have more control over the situation. You can do, like, manoeuvres that require you to have two people in, one, in different positions and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they bump it up so, you know, you're not turning it into a cakewalk, but... You know, the more is always the merrier. So, yeah, that that I did enjoy mostly because everybody else was better at fighting the big monster than I was. Mm. So I just sort of leached off their success. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's actually something that I found. I don't know if you found this as well, Jim. I won. I was doing so badly with the game that I was actually afraid to play with anyone else because I I was afraid I'd just have everyone screaming at me. Because, like, it's different now with Warframe where it doesn't really matter if you're a newbie because everyone knows how to play a third-person shooter. Yeah. well, this. Whereas with this, I was like, I'm going to go in, be completely fucking useless, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> get this guy off our team. This is why I think it's really good to go in for a multiplayer game when you're just learning this series with someone who knows what they're doing but also is a friend already and won't shout at you for not getting it right because you yeah. get the benefit of, like... They, the person who knows what they they're doing, can draw some of the attention away to give you some breathing room to like mess around and work stuff out properly without being attacked yeah. while you work it out. So yeah, it's one one thing in it that I found really difficult to get used to is the sheathing your weapon. Oh uh, uh, yes, that you can only perform perform certain attacks and mechanics with your weapon sheathed, and you can only fire your gun with your weapon sheathed. And I was like, this is. And hell, I've never seen I found before. I found it a little confusing that I kept getting a weapon sheath prompt during combat. Um, I guess because I was near things I needed to pick up, but couldn't because yeah. my weapon was out. But I'm so used to like QTE prompts and things that I kept sheathing my weapon halfway through a fight because. <laughs> In, in my mind, the game keeps telling me to sheathe my fucking weapon. It's just, I, I just see the, the button prompt say R1. I'm going to press R1. <laughs> I really don't like the button mapping either. Why is attack on Y? I'm, I just, I want my attack on X. <laughs> that, that is, that is a fair, a fair complaint. Like, it's one of those things that, like, I've played enough of them that I, some of these things I just don't think of now because I've played enough yeah. of them. I'm just like, ah, that's just how it is. It's like when you pick up a team, team Ico game and the yeah. jump button is Y takes a lot of getting used to. Oh, I, I will say very quickly while we're on that note, I've played some of the Shadow of the Colossus uh, remaster. Yeah. Uh, that is a really good remaster. Um, some of the, like, oh, technical... Some of the technical things are still there, like, the climbing still feels a little bit wonky in places and stuff like that, but yeah. it is an absolutely, like, gorgeous 
remake of that game that just it brings it up to date of how I remember it looking. Yeah. I'm like that that game still holds up really well and now it looks gorgeous. That's really good. Yeah, it looks stunning. I watched a couple of videos and just the textures and the hair on the monsters looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. And apparently there's an option to run it at uh, 60 FPS on the PS4 Pro. Yes, so there is. That's really cool. Uh, it, it's also really, like, I'm I'm glad at where they've priced it, because I think it's, like, £25 that they're releasing it over here, and I'm like, yeah, that, that feels about right that you're not... I'm glad they're not going full $60, $60 for a remake or remaster. Never done a Shadow of the Colossus song. Might think about it. <gasps> oh. Tried, tried doing a Last Guardian one, but it was just... My idea was shit, so I scrapped it. But Shadow of the Colossus might be an interesting one. I could see you doing well with that. There's a mm. lot, lot of inspiration you can draw from that one. Mm. Um, the, the, I'm having Monster Hunter screamed at me all day long. Though, so <laughs> I we'll bet. Have to see I fucking bet. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, yeah, did you know how th that game? It sold five million copies on the first day. Yep. Uh, Holy shit! Monster Hunter is one of those franchises, very much like Pokemon, that like. You can keep a system alive just by having a good Monster Hunter. Like, for years, yeah. the thing keeping the Vita alive was, well, it's got the Monster Hunters. Can't help is keep it, the PSP alive. It's got the Monster is Hunters. It, is it, um... Sorry, I keep interrupting. Oh, no, go more. ahead. Is it, is it bigger in Asia or something? Because you, um, you don't hear too much discussion about it. Up until so now, I, yes. It used yeah. to be that, like, it was very much, like, it was huge in Asia and just, like, barely scraped by over here and uh it's only really been in the last uh the last few games probably since the uh the 3ds one uh, the the couple of 3ds ones that it really started to get traction over here like this is the first console one that's really oh jesus really yeah, didn't, taken didn't, off. It, didn't it didn't one of the handheld ones sell an absolutely ridiculous because i was looking up hang on you you talk away there and i'm gonna look up the sales figures and get back yeah to it, i <laughs> i wish i had the sales figures off my head so that'll be good that gab's getting these but yeah it's just it's a series that never really took off over here and I, I i've been looking at like numbers for this and i think there might be a correlation it seems like dark souls doing well over here has helped has helped monster hunter like it's gotten people in that mindset for slow plodding take on a big boss fight why don't games? i like monster hunter <laughs> you cut bits off monsters and there are dark souls comparisons and you can get cool armor and all the weapons are massive and awesome jim jim if, if you're around tomorrow afternoon play some co-op with me and gab and we'll try and work it out together yeah. All right, I'll I, see if I, I can uh, I'm get doubting, a working headset. I'm doubting I'll be able to get into it as well, but I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, we'll, we'll, give, we'll give it, it our so best go. Here we go. Monster Hunter 4 on the 3DS sold yep. 8 million copies. See, that's that's it. It's when it started coming to the 3DS, which was a handheld. That's 1 million sold... copies more than Star Wars Battlefront 2. Ah! <laughs> Battlefront 2. Oh, it sold an abysmally low 7 million copies. Oh, no. Oh, pathetic. How pathetic will EA survive amount. now? To be fair, for Star Wars, that is a kind of pretty low. Oh, no, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is. And and ha-ha. That, that is one of those cases where it's like, yeah, they fucked it up. Yeah, they absolutely with the, fucked it up. With the Star up. Wars license, you should be, you know, you should be blowing it out of the park. Well, here's the thing, though. EA have said it was a learning experience. And 
And it's not at all alarming or disturbing that EA had to learn and be taught that pissing off Star Wars fans was a bad idea. Um, no, that's, that's not the sign of a company that's out of touch and unhealthy at all. A learning experience. That game was You don't worse need than... to learn to not undermine your fucking gameplay with gambling mechanics, you fucking pricks. <laughs> that game was worse than sand. <laughs> uh, so what's, what's... I also heard. Well, unlike that... Sand, Battlefront Two doesn't get everywhere because it's not selling enough copies to. <laughs> <laughs> not everywhere in the news, though. And there was some pretty rough and coarse news. Oh. Uh, I heard a rumor that Respawn are making the next Star Wars game. Uh yeah, we've known for a while that they're working on one. Oh. Oh, yeah, right. Respawn. So it's not a rumor then. No, it's it's, it's not a rumor. There, we know it? that Respawn are working on one. Oh. Respawn is that studio that made Titanfall 2 and then EA released Titanfall 2 a week after Battlefront 1 and a week before uh, Call of Duty or something along those lines. It was, but it was I basically was it smack dab yeah. in the middle. Mm -hmm. It was in competition with another EA game and Activision's biggest game of the year and didn't stand a chance in hell. And then... EA acquired Respawn Entertainment. Make of that what you will. EA, next time you're releasing a Respawn game, follow Monster Hunter. Release it in January when there's no game. <laughs> well, they'll probably and then you'll release sell it. Five million copies. They'll release it sensibly now because they own Respawn Entertainment now. <laughs> they didn't when time. Make of that what you will. I'm not making any accusations <laughs> of anything. Well, we've, we've seen a little bit of them talking about that, because uh, Anthem got pushed back into early 2019 rather than late 2018, basically to not cannibalise Battlefield sales. And it's like, okay, so you do know that putting two, those two things close to each other is, is not a good idea. Yeah. So it makes you wonder... <laughs> What was the angle with Titanfall 2? And I'm not saying it was to weaken the studio to make it viable for acquisition. I'm not saying that. A lot of people on Twitter said it. I'm I'm just it's reported speech. I'm just reporting speech. And I'm not even saying I necessarily believe it. I'm just saying it worked out very well for EA. Uh, so Gavin, what was the other thing you played this week? Uh oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, I nearly knocked over my water again. What is um, with you and knocking over your water recently? I'm just very clumsy, and because I'm my, over here drinking water like a champ. It's because my place is getting refurbished, so everything is everywhere, and I'm literally in this tiny little gap between a desk and a couch here, and keep knocking things over. But anyway, I played more Warframe. And How are you getting God on with damn, that? that game is good. Mm, now that now that is an overwhelmingly complex encyclopedia fucking <laughs> game that really pulls me in. I don't and I don't know if Jim will agree with this, but I don't think I've ever played a game that the moment to moment controls and action feels so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when I you're on a team of like three other people and you're just flying through the levels together, it's just such a exhilarating rush. I didn't realize you were going to talk about Warframe, so I put CBD oil in my mouth. And, and now, oh God, it spilled out of my mouth. Oh God. I've got to let it soak, soak. Oh, 
choke under the tongue. Oh, fuck it out. Oh, Warframe's pretty good, and I'm just going to keep saying the word Warframe and that it's pretty good until Jim's ready with his CBD oil because he's, you know, he's, he's doing his things on the podcast that, oh, no. I thought I had time. It's basically, uh, like, bits of, of cannabis, but without the stuff that gets you high. It's just the stuff oh. that, like, deals with, like, pain and anxiety and stuff. Huh. Yeah. I, cool. I, I use it for my back. But I put too much in my mouth. It tastes <laughs> disgusting. And every time I... Every time... Oh! It's burning my throat so now. To, to, to explain, it's a thing that you can legally... You can legally get it in the UK because it doesn't contain THC, which is the bit of, of it that's think, illegal. Yeah. I think I, I've heard of something similar over here as well. Yeah, like, basically, like, you'll get vape liquids in the UK that, that you can basically vape this stuff, and it's like, hey, deal with the anxiety and pain stuff without the illegal getting high bits. Oh, I hope this washes out. It went all over my favourite Binding of Isaac shirt. Oh, no. Oh, no. <coughs> Hang on. <coughs> oh, God, this was... Oh, the thing about CBD oil is, it's miraculous. I love it. Like it surprises me, it's legal. Something tells me that the fucking powers that be out here will find a way to make it illegal because it's already in a bit of a grey area. But you can still get it for now. It's, um, I, I'd be surprised if it becomes illegal too soon because, like, the UK basically just has this thing called the Psychoactive Substances Act, where anything that like is psychoactive in any degree they're just like nah it's just by default illegal even if we don't say it is just because it's psychoactive and they've not made this illegal so i'm like it's probably all right so yeah, what you're so saying is it's uh something that perks you up is very colorful and is so good it should probably be illegal so it's just like warframe then Hey! <laughs> All right, I sh I'm back in business. My throat's burning a little bit. Jim, but... I, I hope you know I won't be cutting any of that out. I will be leaving your adventures with CBD oil. <laughs> oh in. no, I I figured that was all staying in. Um, no, I thought I had a bit more time, and then Gav said Warframe, and then I was like, Oh God, I've got to speak about Warframe because I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, but I was I so your, I saw your video. I oh yes, your, yes. Your multicolored uh, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking. Health hazard green. <laughs> oh, on the uh, 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 what's her name? Shed. Sh yeah, like I radioactive slime. Sarin. Green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, my sarin is uh, uh, bright purple and well, it, she was uh, bright purple and bright green. I've uh, changed her color scheme since that videos to make her a bit more darker and more. I just wanted her to look toxic. Because her whole thing is poison. But most of my... <laughs> most... <laughs> that's good. Most of my Warframes are pink in some way. Um, because that's just fabulous. Uh, but Mirage is bright pink. And I've been playing with Nyx a lot. Which is a character that can mind control enemies. And... Uh, I, I was love playing with someone earlier who was turning all the enemies into like stone golems. <laughs> oh, I've not played around with that one yet. Yeah, I don't That's, know who. That... I don't know which in I'm which Warframe can do it, but one of them can. 
And that's one thing I love about Warframe is just the sheer diversity of the characters on offer. Like, mm. they are all quite different. Um, and all of them have very interesting abilities uh, that, that can you must, stack on each other. You must be playing for a while, so if you've got... Because I've been playing for about 10 hours and I've only got, like, two. I've got Excalibur and I've got Rhino, who I don't like at all, so I went back to Excalibur. I got... Basically, I like to put my money where my mouth is. And I was like, this game's doing it right. Have some money. Mm. And then I got a lot of Warframes. Yeah, I bought <laughs> I bought yeah. like the I bought the $40 like what's it called? Platinum. Mm-hmm. Because I felt this game is so good that it deserves yeah. the cash. I had some cheeky fucker accuse me of um basically doing underhanded sponsorship promotion for Warframe because the character I I called her a mimic last week um for some reason I keep wanting to call her mimic her name is Mirage is the character that I is so far has been my my main one although Nyx is turning into my new favorite uh, just because her chaos ability is amazing um Chaos with Nyx basically just like glide into a whole group of enemies, fire off Chaos, and then just laugh as they all turn on each other and shoot each other down while you join in. Um, Nyx is amazing. Uh, There's there's quite a a satisfying sense of progression in the game as well. Like enemies that were owning me early on, when you come back later, you just completely storm through them. And I like that. It's got an RPG feel. I don't I don't yeah. think I can ever go back to poor old Destiny after this. No, I mean, Warframe is Destiny, but good. Yeah. Um, mixed in with, as I said in my Gympressions video, um, there's a Dynasty Warriors feel to it that I like. Um, you can, you know, if you, make, if you make a straight melee build, you've got yourself a fucking hack and slash game with cool RPG-style abilities. Um, mm. well, yeah, I've there been are using the men- sword more than the gun. yeah. Uh, I, I tend to eventually get to a point when there's a lot of enemies um, because I well, I was saying I was accused of underhanded promotion uh, because I was using Mirage Prime, which is uh, not the regular Mirage, but the special one. And I'll straight up say it, like, I dropped the fucking... And I realise, I realise full well... I could go to the marketplace and get all get stuff for much cheaper, which is part of the reason why Warframe is so uh, player friendly, is the fact that players can trade their stuff amongst each other. So it's not that hard to get what you want if you just find someone selling it for not that much platinum or you know want to trade shit. Um, but I'll, I'll straight up admit I dropped the the money on the Mirage Prime access pack. Because I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Um, I got the cash. I've spent a lot more on a lot more disappointing games. And this was free. So, fuck it. I want that Mirage Prime right now. And I'll take the Platinum that goes with it. And I'll buy even more uh, Warframes with that. Are the Prime ones um, better, are they? You know what? I have no idea. I've I've still been playing this... I've been playing what? this game pretty obsessively for a long time, and I still yeah. don't know exactly what everything is. Yeah, I don't I, either. I mean, I don't even know how to how to get how to 
um, further the campaign at this point. <laughs> that ends up a little bit uh, obtuse. Yeah. Basically, your I've best done three bet. three planets. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where the fuck do I go now? Yeah, the uh, the quest. Um, if you look up the quest menu, it will give you a step by step guide of things to complete first. And some of it's a little. If there's one thing many Warframe fans will agree on, it's that this game is fucking obtuse sometimes. Mm-hmm. It really does a bad job of communicating a lot of its features. Uh, I've advised newcomers, um, even though I'm a newcomer myself, and thank you many people who have emailed me offering to show me the ropes and everything. Um, Such a passionate community, that's one thing I found, was uh, just the sheer joy at the idea I'm playing it from Warframe fans. I I put a poll on Twitter, right, saying what song would you like out of these three Warframe... um... Monster Hunter or uh, Divinity, and uh, Warframe was kind of losing. And then I looked at the next day, and there were like a thousand votes for Warframe. I was like, (laughs) what happened here? And it turned out someone had posted it on the subreddit, and they got really excited over the prospect Uh, of a song about it. I was like, holy shit, that that says a lot to me. Warframe fans, and and clearly I'm becoming one of them, like, Mm. I, I described it on Twitter as digital joy for a lot of people. Um, it's one of the friendliest comment sections I've ever seen in one of my videos. Uh, even the stuff I was getting wrong, uh, there was just friendly pointers that were like, you know, hey, this actually works a little bit this way, um, but you've got a good handle on the Warframe you're using. You know, like, like just really constructive stuff. Like, yeah. they, Warframe players... And not like those like elitist wankers you see in some other communities where it's all no. get good. Yeah. So far, like I've had lengthy emails from several people, uh, and sorry I haven't gotten back to people, but you know I get so much correspondence I just can't get back to people. Um, but I've had several people offer to talk to me and play with me and show me everything. Um, but as I was saying, the advice I give to people in my position or people who just want to start out Warframe and may feel a little overwhelmed or intimidated is just play it like a third-person shooter for a while. Just approach it like that. Like, obviously, you've got these special abilities and you'll learn how to use those easily enough. Um, There are some more complicated Warframes than others, so, you know, maybe stick to a simple one first, something that Mm. just does some direct damage. Excalibur is a really easy one to use. Excalibur, yeah, yeah, is, uh, you know, you're, you're... your stock standard efficient thing. Mm-hmm. Um, although funnily enough, I bypassed Excalibur completely um, and started off with some of the more complex ones, which probably made it a bit harder I, for myself. Um, I'll tell you why I picked Excalibur. It's because when I do a music video, I feel like it, Excalibur seems to be kind of the main canon one. Kind of the face of it, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of want that one to be in the cutscenes. Yeah, well, the design of Excalibur goes way back to Dark Sector mm. when, uh, you know, the the PlayStation 3 hadn't even come out yet and they had this tech demo for a game called Dark Sector and the main character uh, was Excalibur. Uh, and this, you know, we're talking before the PS3 came out. That's how long ago this was. <coughs> and, of course, Dark Sector became something else. Uh, how old it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dark Sector became... 
and I believe it wasn't Digital Extremes' choice. Uh, but sort of the publisher at the time was like, no, we want a fucking, you know, following the footsteps of Resident Evil 4 and uh, uh, Gears of War that had come around. You know, we want a bargain basement third person cover shooter. And it was, it wasn't a terrible game, but it was very mediocre. Um, but, it, it, you know, s- several years on, many years on, I suddenly see Excalibur in this game called Warframe, and I'm like, that's the fucker from that Dark Sector video. They've actually made their fucking game at last. Uh, although when I first played Warframe, I didn't like it very much, and uh, these days the, the improvements are just so incredible. Uh, mm. The combat just feels so... Like fluid is is a word that critics use a lot, but in this case, like it's it hard really not is. to use it when you're sliding and gliding and bullet jumping and just doing all of the oh, cool shit. It's that moment you discover you can do insanely long jumps by gliding, gliding, double jumping, and then aiming, and mm. you can li- you can pretty much cover half the map just by doing that with one uh, yeah. <laughs> with one jump. Only last night, because again, I've not looked up a lot of stuff. Yeah. I've just sort of approached it like a third-person shooter and let things like mods and incubations and fabrication. and I've kind of let that just sort of naturally did you, introduce itself to me when I get curious. Did you find the wall climbing confusing? I found that well, very confusing at first. Yeah, I'm uh, still getting used to it. I, like, people noted in my video I wasn't doing too much parkour. I'm yeah. still trying to get a handle on it. I, I only realised today that all you have to do is hold the button and you'll, you'll keep hopping up the wall. I was, yeah, like, trying that to I've jump been... repeatedly and falling and... But uh, yeah, it's just, you literally just hold the button against. You just the wall. hold it, yeah, like that. I I've gotten grip to grips with. Only last night did I uh, uh, discover clinging onto a wall. Mm. Like I didn't even I didn't consider the possibility. And you can you, you can glide into a wall and then just you grab the wall and you can stay there as like for a vantage point. You can actually. Um, I've noticed in some levels you can actually use that to find shortcuts and. Uh, like, you know those missions where there's these computers you have to get to and you can't set off the alarms? Yeah, you got to avoid all the lasers and the, the guards The wall and hanging stuff, in yeah. some of them lets you completely skip over all the alarms. Oh, I just, imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah very, like, it's just... Cool. And again, you compare it to Destiny, made, published by Activision, made by Bungie, uh, massive, massive fucking budgets behind it and all this shit, yeah. charges a premium price... Not including, of course, the season pass, the digital deluxe editions, yeah, bright engrams and all this bullshit. And then you look at Warframe, and what did Destiny Two really give us? A you know, couple, it, like like one subclass each for the existing classes, and then Warframe has more Warframes with wildly like diverse many, abilities like, it's like 18 or 20 of them or something compared to three in destiny yeah and, and it's, it's like, like and it's not like you have to just buy them all with money you could but yeah. the the in-player trading system uh which i'm still trying to sort of get into more um because again it's it's more stuff you've just got to learn and not be overwhelmed by but like people keep pointing out to me it's like 
dude, you, you don't have to spend money and you can rake in the Warframes and get what you need. And other players, of course, being pretty damn friendly are going to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I'm so impressed. I'm impressed by the monetization of this. And uh, I still plan, once I've played longer and really gotten into the, 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 the meat of it and played mm-hmm. this second dream everyone keeps banging on about. Um, it's like... It, it's I plan like to do a Jimquisition on it. That moment, that that cool moment in a Destiny game where you slam on your Ultra, say as a Warlock, you go flying all over the map and you're electrocuting everyone and just causing complete and utter carnage for five seconds. That's what Warframe is all the time. And it's... I just... Yeah. It makes me wonder how I just spent so fucking long on Destiny when this existed. You know? Honestly. And I know like, it's not it, fair it makes... to keep comparing them, but... I think it is fair, honestly. I mean, I think more than ever, especially when we get things like, you know, that extra credits video that came out that said games should cost more. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, and again, I'm, prob- I'm giving away uh, what might be Monday's Jimquisition. Uh, the opposite's true. Warframe has shown me that games don't need to raise prices. Uh, will, they need to do this shit. I will, give, I will say one thing, though, for, like... For me, um, Destiny has the much more interesting world and um, level design, and because everything in in Destiny is deliberately crafted, and crafted. But I feel like this has some procedurally generated stuff in it. Maybe, I heard maybe it that there doesn't. are templates. But um, if if it doesn't, then it certainly has some very repetitive feeling. Uh, oh yeah, environments. I mean, the- you end up going to the same places a lot. Um, I think, I, I believe that they're modular. So it's like, you know, stock standard rooms and stuff, but random combinations of how they're put together. Yeah, that's how it felt like to me. Like. Yeah, I think that's the case. Um, but by, I, I've not really cared. I, mm. I've been, it's been too fun. Um, I The environments certainly are not as interesting as destiny 2's mm-hmm. um you know some of the 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 vistas so many vistas in destiny 2 are really good like like colorful and vibrant and, and exciting and warframes environments are a bit more sort of metal corridor and dark <laughs> yeah. and yeah sort of a bit it's, a bit mm, i mean that is it's basically a metal corridor but yeah but i haven't tried but it's too made much of the for... open world part yet so that might be a that's true, yeah. I've, I've, I've had, like, one or two goes in it, and it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I'm not quite uh, uh, good enough to deal Same. with some of the shit that's hanging around out there. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I feel the environment is made up for in spades by the character designs. The enemies yeah. are grotesque. And, and the they're so weird frames. with their, their big blocky bodies on these tiny little legs. Yeah, all sorts of weird mm. things, like weird like sci-fi zombie things and yeah, robots. The flood, the flood type enemies are, are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound design, like the way they scream with these metallic voices, is fucking mm. awesome. Um, but yeah, like the Warframes as well, like each one has a great biomechanical... All, like almost Geiger-esque in some cases. That's what just we said not last quite week. as yeah. sexualized. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
like like pipes and things hanging out yeah. of them and, and, and wires and and uh, so many different skins for them as well, and little and oh like my God, the pipes color you can put on them. <laughs> I spent the like colors... an hour and a half trying to pick colors for my my frame. Like I've seen someone who who basically just their their Warframe is a rainbow. Yeah. Like they're just all the colors of the rainbow. The, the fashion frame is real. Oh yeah, like fashion. Many people say fashion frame is end game. It's the end game. Um, yeah. And that I've already beaten it because uh, certainly I'm happy with what I've done. Um, well, that was the first thing I spent money on was colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 um, I basically anything that had hot pink in it, yeah. uh, I, I threw some platinum at it. Um, Due to the but fact right now, that, I, um, mm. that like Laura at this point, like because you haven't played, have you played any of it? I've played a little bit, and little bit. I, it is on my list of like. When I have some time, I want to stink I've, to sink st- serious time into it. I just haven't gotten around to that. I feel like you, in particular, would get really addicted to this game. Yeah, this is why I've left it yeah. until like I've I've got <laughs> Monster Hunter World on my plate right yeah. now, and I just finished Xenoblade. I'm like, I don't want to stick another thing on my plate that I'm going to yeah. get really into yet. I'm I'm because after. Yeah. After what you were telling me about your experience with No Man's Sky, <laughs> yes, this is quite mm. similar, except that it's more engaging moment to moment, yeah. in my opinion. My, so I feel like you, you, you would find this game heroin. My, if you my, it's so. hard to stop yeah. when you start. My, Isn't it? My, You're just like, one more mission. Yeah, my susceptibility to like repetitive gameplay loops is a thing I'm aware of, and I'm like, this sounds fantastic, I'm not yeah. going to touch it until like I'm yeah. ready to have no more time. So yeah, like I I might just quickly run through a couple of the bits I've played this week cuz like I've mainly yeah, played sure. like a couple of smaller things. Um the main thing I've played this week that I kind of want to talk about is Genital Jousting, which is a game that I'd kind of written off as this like silly, not particularly serious um like multiplayer party game. And as it turns out, it's actually far more interesting than that. Now it's out of early access. Um, so like, I kind of thought I always thought that was one of those games that was just like bait for PewDiePie. Yeah. To laugh at. So like, this game's been floating around conventions and early access and stuff for a while. And basically, like the mode that most people are aware of is you play some colourful penises with buttholes between the testicles, and you got to try and stick <laughs> the dick in a butthole. Ha ha ha! Silly, it's, funny party it's, game. It's very fun. That's the thing. I, I played it, and I haven't played the the full release yet. Mm. But I played it when it was in early access, and it was way. It's one of. It's like Shell with your dad simulator. It's one of those things that should doesn't have the right <laughs> to be as fun as it is, and yet, it but is. it is fun. Yeah. So like. I, I thought I had my, my sort of handle on this. I was like, okay, this is cool. I'll pick it up when it comes out. You know, silly, fun, you know, good party game. And then mm. I played the story mode. And my goodness, the story mode is far better <laughs> than it has any right to be. Um, so for this game that like seems like it's just one big joke, ha ha ha, isn't it funny that you can put a penis in an orifice? The story mode is this like 90 minute interactive story about toxic masculinity and the ways that society in the West convinces men that like they're not supposed to talk about their feelings and how that can ultimately <gasps> lead to wow uh, how how it can ultimately lead men to like bottle up their feelings and then that leads to some of the like toxic 
masculine behavior you see towards women. It really humanizes that and talks about like some of the root causes and the ways out of that. And it's ultimately yeah. the story of this middle-aged man who is a bit of a dick. Ha ha ha, because he's a penis. Uh, um, so I was just yeah. going to ask, you do still play as yeah, a no, you still play, disembodied penis You still penis play as a, a disembodied penis and balls. You, you just kind of like flop around this world of other penises and testicles. Fun fact, there are female penises in this game with representation. Um, but yeah, it's just this like 90-minute story about this like middle-aged guy... Being a real asshole and a real dick, ha ha ha, and basically <laughs> learning like, hey, ultimately this is all me having years and years of built up emotional like trauma that I've pushed out on the world rather than internalizing and dealing with, and I'm not making proper use of like my male friends who exist as a support structure because I don't want to be seen as as weak. And learning to like move past that and be a, a healthy human being. Interesting. In, I should also or, just or point a healthy out penis. Penis. Yeah. Penis. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out for some listeners who are probably going to be upset because they heard the words uh, toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because um, I've I've had to have this conversation on my YouTube <laughs> channel as well before. Um, Toxic masculinity does not mean masculinity is toxic. No. It is talking about a particular breed of masculinity that is toxic. Yes, it is. Uh, the kind of masculinity that actually hurts men. It's the, this kind of idea that, like, men have to be emotionless. They have to be sort of, like, stoic. That there are these expectations that men have to be X and Y things that ultimately hurt men. Like, the good example here being this idea that, like, th the way the game puts it is there's this expectation that you're meant to be hard. You're a dick. You're meant to be hard. And, you know, you're not meant to be a softie. And hmm. getting over this whole, like, no, you know, your friends care about you. Be open about your feelings. Don't, like, bottle it up and let things fester and ultimately be in a worse state for it just because society like a... says you shouldn't talk about your feelings because you're a guy. It's like a, a friend I had um, was basically, like, he had to hold his wife's handbag for a moment while, you know, she went and did yeah. something. And he felt humiliated and embarrassed and, and was basically, you know, like, horrified at having to do it. <laughs> and I looked at that and I said, I said to him, I said, look, being... This much of a man must be so exhausting for you. It and that's that's toxic masculinity. Yeah. Like it's it's a it's a term that is actually in favour of men because it's saying you don't have to bottle shit up. It's, you can actually. I just think you whoever, can be who you want to be, not what society tells you you should be. Whoever picked the name of it could have done a better job. Possibly, like, because, but I mean, yeah. it, it does kind of. Uh, if you heard that and you didn't know the context, you'd go, "Oh, fuck you." I, I can see that, but <laughs> I'm equally, a man. like, it's the it's the term that's used, and as such, I'll you know stick with it. But yeah, it's it tackles all of these things that basically boil down to like this is a story of a character who gets hurt as a child and basically never talks about it and pushes it it pushes you know the things that hurt him away and doesn't process them because you're not meant to have feelings because you're a guy and him ultimately learning to be like no 
expressing feelings is healthy. Just because the world is hard doesn't mean you have to be. Yeah. It's like, and yeah. honestly, like I, I've seen that attitude destroy some mm. some men. Yeah, I've like in my life, I've seen that that needs to not express oneself leads to an explosion not a literal explosion they didn't like bomb a yeah. factory uh, but but it's led to an explosion uh, or an implosion if you will um it's not good so you don't have to be a hard dick yeah i think that's the message if if anything i think that's what this podcast you, always you don't have about. to be a hard dick it's okay to be a softy sometimes yeah it's it's okay to be a soft to be a soft dick. <laughs> yes. So, like, seriously, this game's only, like, three or four quid, and, like, even if you don't play any of the multiplayer, the 90-minute story mode is, like, it's funny, it's got some some amusing interactive segments, but it's just a really touching story about, like, an aspect of masculinity that's just never really talked about in games. So, yeah, like... Yeah. I've, no, that's, that's yeah, cool. I really recommend it. It's It's a surprisingly touching story. Um, I'll, I'm going to add that to my impressions to-do list. I need to start doing more PC it's games. It's a surprisingly touching penis story. Yeah, mm. it it is. It it, it is a, a story about a penis that gets you know. Ah, uh, it's it, it's stuck with me. It's right. It, it's going to stay inside of it's, me now. That story. It's the tale of a penis's journey to stop <laughs> being a dick. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if, if if anyone wants to read a little bit more about that, I wrote a thing about that game story on, on Kotaku UK this week. Uh, what was it called? Let me find the title. Genital... It was called The Penis's Heart Grew Three Sizes That <laughs> it, Day. It was called Genital Jousting Story is about how men can really be dicks. And... and Because yeah, uh, penises. Um... But yeah, I, because penises. <laughs> because penises. I mean, if anything, that also is is what this podcast has always been about. I'm like, sure I think the overall message is because penises. I'm sure the Twitter responses to that article title will be thoughtful and measured and lovely. They really have been, actually. No one, oh, no really? one has like freaked out at that title and gone, "Oh, are you saying all men are dicks?" They've generally people have read it and gone, "Yeah, that's that. That seems like a really like valuable thing and an appropriate title for the piece that you wrote." Oh, well done. Yeah. It's been a it's been a week for surprises in that regard. <laughs> I was fully expecting myself to be subject to McCarthy era um, are you now or have you ever been a communist <laughs> accusations <laughs> after this week's Jimquisition. But instead, um, and again, thank you and sorry for not being able to respond to everything. The sheer volume of uh, uh, emails I've gotten responding to that one and, and uh, expressing uh, how much they liked it. Uh, and also a, a number of industry insiders have actually finally reached out to me and told me some interesting stuff that I've got to dig through. Uh, I've not fully read through a lot of those emails yet. Uh, I'm going to save that for when it's research time. But uh, yeah, yeah. Woo. Good outpouring for that. It's been a, I guess it's been a decent week for for comments, at least for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've had a lovely week of comments. Not... And, and and I'll say this now because it's too late to jinx it. If someone writes it now, I'll never see it. I did not get one single comment on my near song saying this wasn't as good as the soundtrack, and that was a truly shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I gave that a listen this morning. Um, very good stuff. Thank you. I very inspiring soundtrack. 
I'm glad we've all had such positive weeks in in terms of audience engagement stuff. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, nice. it, 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 it's it's only Wednesday when we record this. It could all go downhill, but so far I'm enjoying the good vibes. I don't know about YouTube, but I've I've been staying off Twitter quite a bit in the last uh-huh, week or two due to same. just due to the, the the news and stuff, and I'm just. I'm a lot more peace of mind when you're not constantly looking at that but stuff. By the time this episode goes up, I'm basically just going to be ignoring uh, <laughs> ignoring social media until mm. like Monday or Tuesday next week. I'm just going to take some days off again because I can do that now and it's quite nice. Oh, hey, your buddy in Kotaku UK has uh, an article here about how Divinity 2 is one of the best RPGs they've ever played. Oh, who wrote that one? There we go. I will tell you now... It is by someone called... Oh, it's by Jason Schreier. Ah, that's one of the US ones we pulled over. Hurrah. All right. I agree with him. Yeah. It's one of the best RPGs I've ever played. Uh, he was mentioned in the Jimquisition on Monday. He was indeed. He, uh, he was indeed. Were you and him throwing shade at each other? I wasn't throwing shade at him. I just I, I simply quoted him uh, and the things he was told <laughs> by... by uh, Bioware and EA developers who said that, you know, people like me were spreading misinformation and lacked nuance, to which my counter, of course, was, well, if you think we're spreading misinformation, give us some fucking information. That is a very... cloak and dagger bastards. Very fair point. Um, So, yeah, before we go, have we got time to quickly touch on one news story, like, right at the end that I think is, like, maybe worth bringing up? Sure. Uh, let me just quickly say that uh, I started playing Subnautica because oh, yes. a lot of people. Uh, I, I won't go. No, into no, no. Much go detail. ahead. I apologise um, that I missed this. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I uh, I started it and was like, "What is this fucking shit? This is just No Man's Sea." Um, <laughs> no Man's because sea. It, it 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 you know it, it plays. It's got some similarities to No Man's Sky, but it's uh, it's a lot of underwater stuff, um, and it's got a woman's voice that constantly says oxygen, because you got to keep going up to the surface, and when you're in the middle of doing important shit, oxygen, oxygen, oxygen. If it loves oxygen so much, why doesn't it marry it? Um, but I started playing it. And realised I had to be up early in the morning to get some video work out of the way and get two podcasts done. But I then went to bed at midnight because something about it just kept me playing. And now I'm building a little fortress underwater. And yeah, looking forward to getting back and playing more of it. Have not not got too far into it, but it went from me immediately not liking it to just subtly being drawn more and more into it. And from what I've gathered, uh, I haven't even hit something that sort of changes the atmos of the whole thing. So we'll see where it goes. But I'm very interested in uh, in where Subnautica's leading for something that I initially wrote off as just another survivally crafty game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that anyway. Sorry, I was just Googling, how do I customize my ship colors in Warframe? <laughs> Right? <laughs> uh, and I, 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 this is another thing I want to know. How do you get those funky looking different shaped ships that I've been seeing people having? Yeah, I saw those. Now I want them. I just, yeah. just realised I've been trying to talk for like two minutes with my mic on mute. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, oh no. well, I was just going to say, I've seen some Nautica around for years and like I've never really paid too much attention to it. So like now seems like maybe a time to give it a proper look because... What, what, yeah, was yeah, it an early bit... access thing? I'm it? pretty sure it was, yeah. It was, yeah. And then apparently it's sort of in its sort of 1.0 phase now. Huh. Um, and it's on PC and Xbox One. Yeah. So. Uh, so cool. the new story I wanted to like touch before we finish this week, and like it's going to be a slightly serious one, and for anyone that doesn't want to hear about it, we'll give a heads up as to the topic, and then it's the end of the episode. It's not a big issue if you want to go early, but uh, we're going to vaguely touch on the topic of Logan Paul's uh, suicide video uh, that happened a while back for discussion of a game, so... But this is the last thing we're talking about, so no worries if you want to head off before we talk about this. But basically, yeah. if you don't like, if you don't like, you know, discussions of suicide, it, then it'll be light on close yeah, off. Now. It'll be light on that, but it'll be there. So to yeah. to make a long story short, um, it was noticed, uh, I believe, today that we're when we're recording this, that a game has ended up on the Xbox One marketplace called The Suicide Forest. And while it doesn't mention Logan Paul by name, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the whole situation was big YouTuber called Logan Paul went to this forest in Japan um, called the Agahira... Agohara Forest. I may have pronounced that wrong, but um, it's a forest very well known in Japan for being a place that people go to commit suicide. Yeah. And it's, a, it's basically... It's huge and dense, so people basically just walk out there to to end yeah. uh, because they the chances are it'll be a long time before they're found yeah. it's a, it's a very grim sort of scenario but the place is you know considered with great respect yeah unless you are a big name YouTuber yeah. who thinks that gives you license to do whatever so the fuck you the like. Whole, the whole deal with this video is that this YouTuber um, from America basically went to this forest with the explicit intent of, oh, maybe we'll see a dead body, and then found a dead body and put it as his video thumbnail and showed a lot of footage of this dead body and joked about this dead body. And it was all just a bit of a horrible situation that went on. And... It looks like someone has basically made a video game of it. Um, and it's, like, obviously, like, you know, crappy, self-made indie game. Like, I've had a look at footage of this game, and it... I'm, I don't know for certain that it's asset flipping, but it certainly looks like something that co someone cobbled together with, like, assets they purchased. Uh, I mean, if... if if this is the subject matter and it's been rushed out to try and get it while the story's still hot, which, by the way, they already missed the boat Oh, yeah. There, you idiots. needed to be much um, faster to get on this train, yeah. I think. Um, I've seen asset flippers work well, much quicker even than then, this. When Harambe got shot, they moved double quick. This isn't to make money as well because it's up for free, but this it, it's called The Suicide Forest, and while it doesn't mention Logan Paul, the description does say... Um, Finding bodies to get millions of views for your channel, which makes it quite clear what it's trying to reference. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is just like another of those recent examples of how the fuck did something like this make it onto a console storefront? Mm -hmm. um, you could you could almost see how something like this could get onto like Steam. Yeah, like this wouldn't have been a story, I don't think, if it made it onto Steam. 
But to see this get onto like one of the console storefronts, it's like, really? Really? Your, your, your quality and assurance people didn't go, maybe this is a bad look for us? Also, if the store page is to be believed, it got a Peggy rating? Which is like the European age ratings board? And it got a Peggy 3, which means that it's suitable for three-year-olds and up, yeah, which seems I'm, I'm suspicious of that. Like, I don't, I don't uh, know that it I've didn't seen... get a Peggy rating, but that seems a bit suspicious. It's not the first time I've seen a game claim to have a Peggy rating and not have one. Actually, I can probably Google this now, because I'm pretty sure you can just search for games on Peggy's website, so... Yeah, they're public. Yeah, yeah the info's let, public. Let me pull up their website and search... Suicide yeah. Forest. It was the game, the game Fur Fun, which uh, became quite legendary mm. because uh, a, a big YouTuber made that and was just an asshole about it. Um, that claims to have a Peggy. Is that like a furry porno thing? Or? No, it's a it's a wannabe uh, banjo kazooie ukulele style game. Oh, um, you, look, do you see what you turned me into? A... Where my mind went right there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that for certain this game doesn't have a Peggy rating, but I went on the Peggy.info website and searched for The Suicide Forest, and it returned zero results. So Peggy's website does not publicly list this game as having a Peggy rating. Take that for what you will. Mm. Uh, yeah, like, as I've said, this isn't the first time I've seen a fake rating. Um, if indeed this is a fake rating, so it's perfectly plausible that they whack that up, especially Peggy Three. Something tells me that. Yeah, for for a that game that explicitly deals up. with themes of suicide, I'm pretty sure that that crosses Peggy's. Like you know, at yeah. least th you've at least got to be seven for that with Peggy. I've I've not yet looked so at the uh... average age of Logan Paul's audience. Yeah. Uh -huh. I've not yet looked at the. The store page for this. Where is the Peggy rating listed? Is it listed in the trailer? Uh, no, it's not. It's on the store page. It's on the store page. Okay. Uh, Alright, I don't I don't know enough I, about all, all, Microsoft's yeah. handling of that, whether they're just told a rating or whether they confirm it themselves. All, all I can say is that Peggy's website does not list a Peggy rating for this game, and yeah. the Peggy rating of three seems suspect. Yeah, definitely. Um... Microsoft's probably going to have to have a little comment on this. Yeah. It's not like Sony. Sony could ignore Life of Black Tiger or, you know, what was uh, it, one I played? Kung Inner Fu Kung game. Fu game, yeah. like which was basically just a shit fitness video. See, these, these are, um, they don't have yeah, to. Yeah, those are just shit games. Yeah, there's nothing. They're, they're relatively inoffensive. The they're only, only offensive, offensive as far as they're shit. They yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a matter. This is something else. Um, it, it's. I'm still um, stunned that that Valve have completely buried their heads in the sand and allowing things like Gay Worlds to go up on. Oh Steam. God, yeah. Because um, I was like, just imagine putting that on the Switch. Imagine the, the 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 backlash that would get. But I think everyone's just given up on Steam now. It's like, oh, we want homophobic games on Steam, eh, whatever. I was just gonna say, um, I probably don't even want to know. Yeah, it's just a it, it's a game where LGBT people are like, oh, they've like forcefully taken over the world, and now if you're not LGBT, you're being sent to prison because LGBT people wanna imprison all the straights and. 
a bun- then wow. like throw on top of that a bunch of homophobic, transphobic, yeah. like shitty. I got an email humor. from someone claiming to be the game's developer. Uh, it was spicy. Uh, so yeah, like <laughs> it was spicy. He doesn't if it if it is the developer and not just um, one of the many weird stalkers who sometimes impersonate developers, um, just to I guess try and talk to me. Um, if it is him, he really hates gay people. Yeah. Me especially. <laughs> how, how dare you be one of them homosexuals? Be one of them queer types, Jim. How dare you? It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I just... Oh, God. I love the colour of money and the taste of cock. I can't help it. Uh... So yeah, like I think that's all I wanted to say on that story is I just felt it was worth bringing up because like it's n- this is not just a bad game like this is a bad game that Microsoft probably need to talk about how this got onto their storefront. Yeah, this is this is something there there ought to be some answers for. Uh, like I'm not even like torch and pitchfork angry on this no one. it's just i'm just like how what the hell i just want to yeah, know like, how what that's it yeah at the end of that like it's one of those games i feel almost like gay world like I, I thought gay world was too stupid to even offend me it was just so gripped by its own genuine fear of gay people that it was almost pitiful uh and this it just sounds like Desperate, like desperation, and I find desperation more sad than offensive. But there is a great curiosity here as to how this happened, uh, and 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 Microsoft might be best of letting us know how. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think so. Yeah, is that a good place for us to start wrapping up for today? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Let's. Uh... Yeah, actually, let's. I've been podcasting and recording for way too long now. So, Laura, you do work on the internet. How can people find it? You can find most of my stuff at Laura K. Buzz, most places with usernames. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Other than that, you can find me Monday to Friday, 95 at kotaku.co.uk. Go read that thing I wrote about genital jousting. I'm also on a couple of other podcasts. Uh, you can find me on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast we do. Uh, I'm on seasons three and four of that. Season four is currently ongoing. I play a Yu-Gi-Oh wizard. Uh, other than that, you can find me on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, a podcast where I do silly voiced skits with Jane Magnet, who is lovely and a very funny person to, to do creative things with. Uh, so just I can speak very highly of Jane as well. Wonderful. Yeah. Lady. So go go check all those things out. Awesome, and Gavin, the miracle of sound, so miraculous is his music. He is genuinely bloody good. But some people might not know how to hear it. How on earth can they do that? You can find it on YouTube under Miracle of Sound and you can find it on iTunes, Bandcamp, all of those good places. You can follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound and if you feel like supporting me and helping me pay to get the studio built, you can hop on over to my Patreon, which is also Miracle of Sound. Splendid and tremendous. Well, thank you all for listening. And again, if you can make it to Byram, uh, Byron, Mississippi, on February the 10th. 
Uh, it's not too far away. Uh, it's uh, the weekend after this one coming up. Blimey. Uh, do check it out. Stardust is back and is basically kicking off, I think, the regular storyline that, that, that's going to take us through uh, a good a good portion of the first part of this year. Um, it's like I can't emphasize enough that this stopped being a joke. Uh, Stardust is r- real now in terms of, you know, as, as real as people, it gets. People in, in know the pro name wrestling. Stardust in wrestling. Stardust. Stardust. Stardust is a known name in the wrestling circuit. At least, at least in Mississippi. In the Mississippi wrestling <laughs> um, circuit. In the Mississippi wrestling circuit. Um, but who knows where it could go from there. Uh, but yeah, do check out The Broken Path. Uh, if you can't make it, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be video and... If they do Facebook Live it again, I will uh, try and find out beforehand and let people know. Uh, so that's that. Thank you all for your support. Um, thank you so much for your Patreon support as well lately. Um, and the moral support, uh, the, the amount of good, e- uh, lovely emails I've been getting. Um, as I say, too many almost to respond to. Uh, and I, I'm trying to get to, to some of them, but it's... It's an avalanche, and thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.